Hello and welcome to the Truth About Local Government podcast, a podcast aimed at providing a platform to promote the excellent work that the political members and officers of local authorities are doing to overcome the increasing challenges facing the communities across the UK. Additionally, we will be promoting the wider way of career opportunities that exist within local government. We hope this podcast will help drive engagement between the public and local authorities across the UK. Welcome back to the truth about local government. Now, we all know there are increasing challenges facing the sector, and we're going to need to innovate to meet those challenges. And today, I'm really delighted to have the chief executive on from Local Partnerships LLP, Adele Gritton, to talk about what are those challenges, what can organisations do, like Local Partnerships LLP, to support councils through these tough times. Adele, thank you so much for taking time to speak on the podcast. How are you? Fine, thank you. Thanks for inviting me on, Matt. It's a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Can I start with a little bit of background context? What is your role at Local Partnership LLP and what was your journey to become chief executive? Yeah, sure. So for those who don't know, Local Partnerships um, is effectively an in-house public sector consultancy. Uh, We're jointly owned by the Local Government Association, the LGA, Treasury and Welsh Government. And our purpose is really to work solely for the public sector. So we would work with district councils, we would work with combined authorities, central government departments and devolved administrations. And we're very, very proud to be supporting the work of that public sector ecosystem. We talk about being at the interface between central government decision making and local policy implementation. And we really are that sort of key interface between local and central government providing expert advice and practical resources alongside project and programme support, um, ultimately enabling our public services to thrive. Um, I've been with the company just under a year. It'll be my first birthday at Local Partnerships um, on Wednesday, tomorrow. And it's a fantastic place to work with a fantastic, clever bunch of people who are really making a difference to the bottom line um, in the public sector. Um, I don't have a a tried and tested public sector background, although I was an SRO at South Cambridgeshire District Council working in economic development and commercial investment before I joined. But most of my career has been in um, commercial consulting. I've worked with a number of the big uh, commercial research consultancies, YouGov being probably one of the most famous, where I set up the commercial consulting arm, working with the likes of Nadeem Sahawi back in the day. So I've seen things from a sort of commercial lens prior to my current journey. But the kind of work that we're doing now um, is hugely important, is hugely timely. We are ultimately trying to support and ensure that the public sector and say those central government departments and their interface and relationship with local authorities means that projects, programmes can be delivered to time, um, at pace, at scale, and ultimately with sort of public purse in mind in terms of value and efficacy. So really great time to have joined the company with lots of interesting things going on in light of the well-documented challenges within sector. In terms of the breadth as to what the company looks at in terms of those key focus areas, do you mind giving a little bit more detail about that? Just so those listening at home can understand, you know, when you talk about being that linchpin between central and local government and also kind of the strategic support to, you know, implementation of policy, what are the main areas that that breaks down into? Yeah, great. And one of the things I've tried to do is is simplify that narrative and make it easier for those coming to our website or those talking to us to understand the areas in which we operate. So, 
uh, let's start with sort of climate commercial place. So really, we have three core business units um, that underpin everything we do or all of the work falls broadly into those three key themes, climate, commercial place. So climate, as you might expect, is clearly the greatest thing, the greatest challenges facing um, the ecosystem and humanity at the moment. So our work here could be anything from helping local councils to deliver practical approaches to net zero and 2050 obligations or any climate emergency declarations they've made. It could be us helping them with the specifics of assessing the local impacts and necessary changes. It could be helping with renewable energy infrastructure programs, heat networks, for example, or it could be working with, as we do the Welsh Government, in circular economy initiatives to minimise waste and facilitate that circular economy. So all of the stuff that you might have been seeing in the press about, um, you know, single use plastic and stuff in Wales, we've been involved in that work, whether it be being more efficient from waste management, we're doing a lot there. And also things like marine energy business cases, the tidal lagoon business case in Wales, we, we've been heavily involved there too. So very broad in terms of climate. So on the one hand, it could be that very local operationalised local plan feed into, but at a much bigger macro level, it could be you know, large infrastructure development, business case analysis for um, the future of energy infrastructure within the United Kingdom. Uh, so that's probably the biggest part of our business at the moment and where we do most work. But close behind is the commercial team. I know commercial is a word that is banded around in different contexts. I think in the public sector, it has a more linear, more consensual meaning in the commercial background that I come from. But really for us, it's about helping with capacity and capability uh, at local authority level, but also with central government departments too. So we, for example, with the commercial team would go in and help um, Councils be more efficient, effective, better with their commercial finance and procurement functions. So it could be helping them with hands-on sourcing projects. It could be helping them with business process mapping. It could be helping them renegotiate contracts to better effect. And it's really about helping what I use the term business efficacy. So helping them be more resilient, financially resilient and more service design resilient for the future. Uh, we dabble here in, in health and social care too, but most of the work we're doing is in and around the commercial um, efficiency and sort of giving guidances to corporate efficiency or LATCO development, for example. A lot of the things that clearly have been written about in the press um, over recent weeks or months, dare I say. And then the place-based business unit is really where we are supporting our public sector clients to specify, fund and develop the elements that contribute to successful place shaping and place making. So anything to do with economic development or levelling up is really what's tackled by our um, place based team. So that could be, again, support for commissioning, market management, contract management to local authorities for health and social care. It could be creating support uh, work for integration of health and social care. It could even just be helping with better strategic cases for infrastructure investment. So we work to help compliance of, for example, the HMT Green Book. And we help with assistance on the management and maintenance of physical assets. And also we're helping central government departments like DLIC, like Cabinet Office, like IPA, assess the deliverability of projects submitted by local bodies in response to capital grant funding competitions. So an awful lot of um, detailed and depth of breadth and work that we do within the place team. So those are the three kind of core business units. And we have what I call sort of matrix cross-cutting units. We have an assurance function, 
which is really ensuring that the project um, will be a success. So we provide an independent objective assessment of any project's health and performance and effectively go in and review and scrutinise as to whether um, everything that's set out in the business case is on track to be delivered, etc. So that could be individual contract reviews, it could be feasibility business case reviews, as I've talked about, could be housing development reviews, could be health checks for short, sharp project reviews, or it could be something far more bespoke, specific element procurement or communication, for example. And then a small but beautifully formed team we have is the data analytics team. Um, I think it's probably fair to say most local authorities maybe don't have a sophisticated in-house proposition as maybe a number of commercial organisations or commercial counterparts might have. So we are helping councils be more data efficient, data driven in the decision making, outcome led, KPI, consistency of data, storing, harmonization, standardization, production of toolkits for them, you know, whether that be data, geospatial modeling, um, we've done some stuff on expansion of waste flow and renewables modeling, for example, or it could be simple as data analytics to help with the financial modeling to support business case development. So again, quite a bit of depth and breadth to what we do there. But ultimately, as I say, it goes back to providing capacity and capability services and basically being a support, a hook, uh, a guide, a steer, a critical friend, tickle, apply to uh, public sector colleagues and clients. I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's it's what I love about the organisation is that critical friend mentality in so much as yeah. you can't offload your entire problems to local partnerships, LLP. But if you enter into a partnership together, you're achieving some really special things. Yeah. What are the main challenges that you see facing the sector moving forwards? Yeah, so I was trying to think about this in advance of our chat, and I, I probably would broadly bucket them into the three core areas um, in line with our business setup. So, you know, climate, commercial place, climate, clearly, you know, the, the push to 2050, as I've said, and the extent to which targets may or, not, may or may not be met, I think is is a significant sort of headache, question mark, concern for a number of local authorities and of course it's not just an individual local authority in isolation it's the wider region and play up to in a national and indeed international and I think most councils recognize there's still an awful lot to do in their areas some of which they control some of the things which they can't control so things like retrofitting the public estate is very much you know within control you know notwithstanding certain financial parameters and budget constraints etc but being able to do certain things well and lead by example, I think, is where a lot of local authorities are looking to focus. And they're looking for new and innovative, different ways of um, maybe engaging stakeholders, partners to be on that journey with them. You say local authorities can't influence a whole retrofit agenda in their region. But if they are le leading by example and ensuring that their estate, their assets are um, coming up to um, the standards required or any new builds or all modern methods of construction, et cetera, then that sets a, a bit of a kind of stalk in the ground for for others to, to follow suit. So I think certainly being leaders in the climate space is something that we are trying to help many, many clients with. And that's certainly going to be an ongoing challenge, not least in the context of, I think, budgetary constraint and financial settlements next year. It would be a shame if a number of already entrained climate projects, for example, have to stop in light of budget pressures next year or in the event of a new administration, for example. So I think that's something that um, will be looked at and will be talked about and discussed and scrutinised across the piece more over the next year or so. 
And then the second piece is that commercial piece, but I'm going to use the word transformation as part of that or transformation, as some people say. Again, that's got different meanings, I think, within our sector. But for me, it really is about helping a local authority or a central government department, but mainly in our case, a local authority be more transformative or more efficient in delivering on a corporate agenda, a corporate objective or a business plan. So it could be that digital transformation piece that I've talked about, that sort of data analytics push, that data driven outlook that's standardizing and harmonizing the curation of content and information across the whole kind of um, ecosystem of those shared service departments. It could be a cultural transformation piece. It could be a financial, a governance, a sort of more business led piece. Or increasingly, we're doing more around the engagement space as well to help councils think differently about how they may need to engage with members of the public, with residents, with businesses moving forward in a digital context. So quite a lot of early fledgling work, redefining, I think, what the transformation agenda is for local authorities. Um, and we're pleased that we receive um, a DLUC grant via the LGA per annum to do work that is supporting the sector in its entirety and um, most of that grant this year which is in the region of half a million pounds is being used to support local authorities on transformation work specifically so we know it's an area of priority we know it's an area of focus for central government departments like DLIC but clearly it's been a key focus and priority for the LGA as one of our key owners over the past four months and they're looking to us to support and share sector-wide learning wherever we can um, because of our ownership structure as I've said we're owned by the public sector for the public sector, which means that we are surplus generating but not profit making. And everything we do wherever possible, we look to share our IP, our intellectual capital freely. So um, if you haven't checked out the LP website, the local partnerships website, please do so and you'll see a whole suite of toolkits of guides um, of things that you can download that are relevant to your individual local authority. So, so whether it's be business process mapping templates, um, a, house, a homelessness sort of um, matrix or a homelessness tool that you can look at to see how you could join things up better within your ecosystem to prevent homelessness. There are modelling tools, there are forecasting tools, there's a greenhouse gas accounting emissions tool. So pretty much um, if you think about the things that you might want to to know or look at or understand how to make things better within the climate commercial place based arena, then um, we've probably got some stuff on our website that would be relevant to to your role within a local authority, for example. Have there been any surprises? I mean, obviously, your background is private and public sector. So having joined this amazing organisation, has anything taken you by surprise? Uh, well, surprised how fantastic the organisation is in terms of, you know, the people that we've got working with us. Um, I'm, I clearly would say that, but I genuinely do mean that um, when I, you know, as a chief exec does for the first 30, 60, 90 days, starts thinking about what have I inherited? What do I want to do? How do we grow? I genuinely was blown away by the depth and breadth of the work that we were undertaking. So by the sort of bottom line impact we are making on uh, a number of public sector projects and and doing so in a sort of very humble and yeah very professional way so you know been really surprised by the depth breadth variety um and yeah complexity of the work that we do nothing is simple in politics is it it's all complex and as you say partnership is the key word understanding how our role or our specific part in a project plays into perhaps in many cases a wider program or wider series 
of activities um, has been really interesting and key to learn. I think I've probably been surprised at how maybe common a number of the challenges are across the sector in terms of the things that need to be tackled and again perhaps the lack of therefore a cohesive um, troubleshooting guide or process or route map as to how you make that stuff better so you know we'll all have seen I've written articles myself over you know recent weeks about all the section 114 stuff and there are consistent themes that can be noted as to why things perhaps have gone wrong and they you know come back to financial management they come back to governance they come back to member sro relations they come back to understanding of risk corporate governance risk registers etc cetera, etc cetera. it comes back to transparency a transparency process and communication so lots of things that are really easy to say and pinpoint at pace value but then trying to then put that into a what does the sector need to do about it how can it faster learn from um, dare I say mistakes of others or stuff that hasn't worked elsewhere to not repeat or not reinvent wheels in other parts of um, the sector. I think that's something that struck me as an area still underplayed and underfocused. And I guess in a way that's exactly why LPs in existence were there to try and put a spotlight on that and to try and help with those remedial fixes and to put say some of that guidance, that toolkit process stuff in place so that there are more manageable, measurable ways of ensuring that um, things go right rather than go wrong. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. And I think there is there's a lot of overlap, isn't there? And, you know, I, was, I had a really good conversation um, where we were talking about the the need. A lot of people's, uh, a lot of organisations, IT, for example, the problems, are 80% of the problems are the same. And the, mm-hmm. the, the, the requirement for that piece of software or that that project to do is, is, is fundamentally the same. Yeah. But... My question to yourself is, you know, we can become more and more efficient. We can embrace AI, we can streamline, but it feels like there is a limit to how efficient councils can become, um, even with the support of great organisations like yourselves. And, you know, the the financial modelling, do you, I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot with this, but the amount of money that councils are receiving, do you see that as something that, that needs changing or is a major issue? Yeah, look, I th- I think it's been documented that we've got a budget, haven't we, what, on the, the 22nd? And we've then got, obviously, the local government financial settlement that I understand this year is probably going to be later than usual in sort of January time. So it's going to be um, quite tight for most senior leadership teams in, in councils to sort of, um, you know, figure out what they need to do and what that looks like for them for budgeting corporate planning purposes for next year. Um, I think it's probably fair to say that you know there are far more councils doing things well than the ones that we see in the mainstream media you know the sector as a whole is delivering um what residents what businesses what local communities and is doing so in a in a truly brilliant way given that um yeah there clearly has been financial strain um over recent years and that's going to continue uh, but i think still there there probably is more around that efficiency and efficacy piece and it being more consistent and standardized within the organization so you know just from the the few projects that I personally have been involved in or from my experience in SRO 
you know, what, why would you, just a very simple example, why would you have three different databases for three different departments where you could have one? You know, why are you duplicating? Why have you got three database analysts in three different departments rather than one overseeing? You know, if factor that up times 20, 30, 40 in an organisation, you can quickly see where savings can be made. That's not necessarily headcount savings, although in some instances that is going to be a reality, but it's how you make things more resilient, efficient, fast within the, the system overall. And yes, things like shared services and um, pooling resources is also something that I think will be um, on council agendas more moving forward. And that could be shared services, not just you know within uh, a cohort of districts or within a combined authority, it could be sort of wider regional level as well. So that sort of laddering up, I suspect, um, is something that may be looked at more moving forwards. I'm not sure if that answers your. It does, and it does. It's just I think the thing about which I love about it is, is there's no simple answer. Mm -hmm. There's no simple answer to to many of the problems that are faced. There is it requires immense partnership work. It requires collaboration. It requires a, a really honest and hard look at how we are doing the basics, you know, and and looking because it, it fundamentally you talked about efficiency there, and I absolutely agree. There is so much. Uh, and it's never intentional, but there is there is there is there is uh, inefficiencies. And if you look at that, if you you know multiply that up to cover the you know, 303 councils in the UK, uh, and not including the combined authorities, and you look at the amount of money going into the system, you know if you were to absolutely have the most efficient process being run, then you know the the outcomes would would be you know amazing. Um, yeah. But to get to that kind of utopia is such it's not like pulling one lever there are so many different things that have to be done at the same time to have stakeholder groups engaged and that's just so challenging um one of the things i'd like to understand about when you guys go into an organization is how do you build that trust how do you communicate with um you know your client base your customers to facilitate the most effective outcome possible but in doing so in a way whereby you know, you're more of an arm on the shoulder rather than, you know, beating them with a stick. Yeah, and we, we are definitely more of the latter. We, we are certainly not the sort of go in and, you know, criticise. We are very much how can we help? What support do you need? Um, the critical friend piece is is the the, criti the criticism bit, if you like, but it's done, like I say, with the best intentions to, to improve outcomes for all. Um, yeah, relationship building, I think, is the same whether you're in the public or private sector. It's about doing a good job. It's about being trusted in your area so you know we clearly have uh, experts in climate commercial place so you know if we're working on a big procurement related project then clearly we have um you know well-trained lawyers who are supporting in that or we have people who are qualified accountants supporting on those projects so always having the the right staff with the right skill set um duly qualified in many cases who've walked the walk we have people in our organization have been SROs, senior responsible officers in councils. We've had people who've worked in some of the big consultancies. We've had people who've come from civil service background. We've had people who've come from commercial practice. So having the depth and breadth of senior skill set that's required, I think, engenders that trust in due course. Um, we're a bit different to other consultancies in that um, all of our consultants, um, anyone working in a project is going to be direct to level plus. So you'll always have somebody experienced and when I say experienced you know at least 20 plus years of um, living breathing work in that sector working um, with a client so it's not that we you know suddenly have a partner win a piece of work and dare I say you know throw a graduate trainee at the job which I'm not saying all consultancies do but we certainly know that that's you know something that that is a model that is live within 
the sector in some parts. So for us, it's about building trust via competent individuals, trusted individuals, individual gravitas, and individuals who understand, say, the the mechanisms or the interplay between, let's just say, a central government department or sponsoring department and then what's required by way of local implementation. The beauty and the uniqueness of our ownership structure, I think, allows us to have some of those conversations and be that sort of conduit, that pillar, that interface, as I say, in in a way that's pretty unique and unparalleled within sector. So that, I think, in its own right, helps us engender and build some of that trust a bit faster. But Definitely. I'd say, yeah. you know, it boils down to tr- trust comes from being trusted and doing a good job and being trustworthy. So same in life, same in business. It's that consistency, isn't it? And it's, I guess, in a way, obviously, you know, if you've got that 20 years experience, I've been where you are right now. You know, we're here to help. It's not coming in with it, you know, because sometimes I think there is a nervousness when you bring in external consultancies um, that, they, you know, you're going to basically show them that they where their, their skill gaps are. And obviously they don't have all those gaps. Um, kind of have all the skills, you know. Um, but one of the things here, I mean, in terms of, I think, you know, with local government being such an evolving, um, uh, kind of quite a fluid state, a fluid kind of uh, kind of concept, I think sometimes it's difficult to judge what success looks like. Mm. And I'd be keen to understand what you think success looks like for local government over the next five years. You know, if we were to take a look now and where, you know, where we are right now today, and then I said, Adele, right, let's meet up in this time of five years time and say, have we have we been successful as a sector? You know, yeah, yeah, no, it's a great question. And um, yeah, one that I, I will definitely ponder more after this, because I think it's, it's, it's very relevant to the day day to day work that we do. I guess, you know, at the one level, success looks like doing more with less because quite frankly that's what councils are going to have to do in in you know the light of um, any financial settlement there will be an expectation that one has to do more with less or one has to figure out what is statutory what is core what does core service look like versus what can you involve other partners in to deliver so that innovation model piece i think is something that's going to be discussed further. That's not innovation in the sense of creating crazy commercial structures or, you know, more arms-led companies, which, you know, we've seen has been the demise of of many organisations. But it's thinking about how can councils better share the risk with other partners rather than often be the ones who have to um, onboard that risk again, which is, I think, what we've seen going wrong in many instances. So I think success would look like a more financially resilient um local authority ecosystem so that doesn't mean necessarily more money um, at inflationary pace within the system it means better use of the existing assets within the system but it would certainly mean things like fewer section 114 notices or you know those councillors um, who've been part of various reviews or have been under scrutiny are back on track and are showing that they are able to turn themselves around and furthermore be independent um, it would look like transformation um, more consistent across the board and say clearer um, sectoral view of what local government both is now and what it should become. And I think the LGA white paper that's obviously in train we'll be feeding into will, will cover a lot of these narratives and a lot of these themes. Um, and I think success will also mean businesses, residents, community, um, citizens being able to engage with their local authority when they want on their own time in their own terms um you know effectively you can do that 
in most other walks of life or most other things that you purchase or for whom or to whom you're paying a subscription, you know, effectively is council tax a subscription discussed. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if, if you can if you can start to engage with your council in more of a commercial fashion, um, I suspect that's where you'll also then see further efficiency, innovation, efficacy within um, the local authority uh, remit and sphere. So, again, that's a slightly waffly answer, isn't it, Matt? No, it's but not. a few it's, things it's, in there to unpick. Yeah, definitely. And I could I, I really buy into everything you just said there. And I think for myself, it's it's taking that. And for me, I look at it and I go, there's two things I, I, I really hope happens in the next five years. I think the first thing is a really clear definition as to what the purpose of a local government is and what the purpose of that is in relation to also the other uh, public sector support services that support the communities. So, mm -hmm. you know, is a council there to, to provide care or is it there to play shape? Is it there yeah. to fight climate change? You know, and then yeah. as part of that, you know, and also be able to define what a statutory services, but like, mm -hmm. you know, in a, just so that, it, you know, ideally within five years time, we haven't got councils in financial distress. Mm -hmm. But if we do, we can therefore turn around and say, right, what is absolutely essential? Um, and, you know, and then prioritising the spend, because you're right, it's doing ever more with ever less. But I think it's just so wonderful to have people like yourself, Adele, who are so passionate and talented and and, and leading such fantastic teams to be tackling these really important problems that, you know, to organisations, which, let's face it, are probably the most important organisations in the country because they have and protect not only the whole community, but the most vulnerable. So thank you very much for your service and thank you for the work that your company's doing. And, uh, and thank you for also coming on the podcast today. It's been fantastic to talk to you. It's been great to talk to you. Thanks, Matt. You have been listening to the truth about local government. Today, we've been fortunate enough to have the chief executive of Local Partnerships, LLP, on Adele Gritton to talk about the problems that we're facing, the challenges we must overcome, and how together, as both local government and their supply chain, we can hopefully reach a place where we can deliver increasingly more with ever less. If you've enjoyed the episode, please give it a like, give it a share, and please follow us for more episodes coming in the uh, later in the week and also uh, later in the month. But thank you for your time for now.